Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'll tell you a funny story. I preached. You know, you see me a little. This is a light beard. I can, I can grow it a little bushier. And I was in Kazakhstan. So I knew with the Muslim influences in Kazakhstan, I was going to go there. I knew I should have a beard. So I, I, I grew it for several months before I went there to preach. And so it was the fullest I think I ever had my beard. And I preached in the Bible school. Oh, I don't know, maybe 700 students, big, big Bible school for a week. And then on Thursday, the, uh, I was getting ready to go home and they, they're, you know, helping me. Did, what did I need for my arrangements to travel and whatnot? And I said, what I really need is a barber because my wife hates my beard. And so I want to shave the beard off and get a haircut and had real long hair. And so, so Thursday, right after Bible school, they, they scheduled me a barber. So Thursday morning in the Bible school, the very last session, I told the students, I said, I have good news and bad news. I said, the bad news is uh, you're not going to see me again. Um, I, I got to go home, but tomorrow I've asked my son to come and preach in my place. And so they all went, oh, oh, you know. And the next day, I went out without a beard and preached three whole hours, and they thought it was my son. <laughs> in fact, the joke was, my son preaches better than I do. <laughs> so Pastor David's teaching us on how to live by faith. Are you ready? Yeah. You got your Bibles? Yeah. You got your notebooks? You got your pencils? Let me just say it again. Do you have your Bibles? I like... I like using the, 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 the overhead, but don't stop bringing your Bible to church because there's something about you taking it with you and marking, marking up your Bible and relating, sitting, sitting there in your devotions and relating to your Bible. Don't, don't become one of these convenient Christians. Amen. I don't know what to call you. Come on, David. Come and minister. Praise the Lord. Amen. I just appreciate the Apostle Dale and how we connected many, many years ago. And then he took me to Russia, and I got baptized into that part of the world, and God put a call in my life to minister to Russian-speaking people throughout the world. Gave me, I got a lot of your favor over there, you know what I mean? The Lord has really used me in that realm. My last time there, I had a conference with like 2,000 pastors there. And that's because of your influence, and because they love you, they love me. You know, it's a good deal. So, uh, <laughs> so I appreciate uh, our connection, what God has done there throughout the years. And, uh, and we're just getting started. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Amen. I'm in a new season of my life, so uh, I got my pastor here this morning, Pastor Jonathan Stanton, or a wave. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We passed the mantle on to him here about a year and a half ago, right? It's been that long already? Yeah, yeah. Pastor Dale was there in that service. It was a great time. God is still doing great things to our church. The transition is doing good. He even allows me to preach once a month. What can I say? <laughs> and, uh, it's just neat what God will do when he's in it. How's that? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, like Pastor just said, I want you to go to Mark, the fourth chapter here. There's so much to say and to teach about faith, 
And I don't claim to be an expert. I just know that I've had the privilege to sit at the feet of men like Kenneth Hagin and some of the great faith teachers and uh, had the opportunity to attend Rhema Bible Training Center years ago, and it was a real small group. I was in the, the third class there, and it was more intimate, and it got big and bigger and bigger. <laughs> but uh, I, I just thank God that I was, had that opportunity. Here in uh, Mark, the fourth chapter, we talked about this chapter because it's a so or so in the Word, and Jesus said before he started teaching down here, he said, if you don't get, understand this parable, you'll have trouble with the rest of them. Because the whole kingdom of God is like as a seed. And the word of God is a seed that needs to be planted in our heart. And I, down here in verse 26, he said, for he that, ha uh, how about verse 24. That's trouble with an iPad. It has its mind of its own sometimes. It changes on you. <laughs> and he said to them, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear, for what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall be more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. And now if you study those words there, the word to mean take heed means to value what you hear. I value the word of God. I do. I value hearing. I, I was sharing yesterday how I can, I'm a listener, amen, and a hearer. I don't do a lot of talking. Got real quiet in here. Now, you get me on the right subject, man, I'm going to go, amen? <laughs> but we, we need to value what we hear. And a lot of people do not value, especially in today's church, the value of the word and the importance of hearing it. Because that's how faith comes. By hearing and hearing and hearing. The Greek implies a, a constant hearing. Not having heard. Amen. you got to stay, keep it fresh. And he went and said, you know, if, if you don't value it, you, he'll take from you what you have. Or you'll lose it. In other words, you don't use it, you lose it. And I gave you an illustration of a language. If you don't practice that language... You're going to forget it after a bit. Amen? And I was thinking about, again, myself, I can speak some Russian. I can trick them for a while. As long as I control the conversation. And they think I know more than I, I do, and they go off, and I'm, I just smile, and say, da, yet. You know, <laughs> got to be careful what I'm saying yes and no to. But uh, it, when I was learning Russian, I had to renew my mind to the Russian language. Anybody that's learned a, a, a foreign language or an, another language, you have to keep repeating it. You have to speak it yourself. You have to hear other people speak it. And it comes to you. Well, that's why you got to speak the word, because faith will come by hearing the word. Amen. So we talked about confession somewhat. We talked about how our God's a faithful God. We can trust in him. He doesn't lie. A man will lie to you, but God will not. And he'll back up what he's, he has said to you. So value what you hear. I was thinking back uh, when I first got turned, I call it turned on to the word. You know what I'm talking about, being turned on? I heard you guys talking about how you sat in the car and listened to Norval Hayes. You know, I remember those days, man. I had a tape going every place I went. 
some preacher preaching. Even to this day, when my wife and I go on trips and so forth, we get a, a series of CDs we plug in. I have an older car that has a CD player yet. <laughs> Someone said, what do you have an older car for? Because it has a CD, CD deck in it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. well, we, in fact, we took a trip to Florida here. I was preaching down there in the church here a couple months ago, and I took a series by Keith Moore along with me, 30 Reasons Why We Are Healed. You can get it on YouTube. It's a great series, 30 Bible Reasons Why We Are Healed. Man, I, my wife and I, we were just pumped up with faith. You're ready to stomp on the devil when you listen to the word in that kind of a fashion because you value it and it becomes measured to you. The measure you value is how it's measured to you. That's what Jesus taught. Amen. Go to Mark eleven twenty two 22 here now. Mark eleven twenty two. We were here in and out of some of these verses where Jesus is teaching on faith. They had uh, walked by that fig tree that Jesus had cursed. Evidently, the night they came back in from town, nothing had happened. But the next morning, 24 hours later, that tree had dried up from its roots, just like Jesus said. And it got their attention. I'm sure as they walked by it in that morning back into Jerusalem, Peter or one of the guys said, look at that tree, nothing happened to it yet. But what did Jesus do? He took the opportunity to teach him how to live by faith. He said, whosoever would say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So again, we have to speak to our mountains. What's a mountain of disease, a mountain of financial circumstances, a marriage, you know, you need to talk to your mountains, not talk to God about your mountain. Christians are good at that. They, they can tell God how big their mountain is. No, we need to talk to our mountains. We, and we mentioned how James says that our tongue, again, will control our whole body. It sets on fire the very course of nature. You need to speak to your body. Remind it how healthy it is because of what Jesus did for us. Amen? And take communion often. There's a move in God's Spirit's moving us back to that realm where we're more mindful of communion because He wants to sup with us. Amen? He wants to have fellowship in that manner, and we do that by faith. Amen? But he, then He went on to say here in Mark eleven twenty four, Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. I don't know if you have recognized this or not, but there are different rules for sports. You don't use the same rules for playing football as you do for baseball or hockey or whatever. Each sport has its specific rules. Well, there's different kinds of prayer. Amen? There's different kinds of prayer. There's intercessory prayer. And when you're standing in the gap for someone else, it's, it's called the prayer of importunity that Jesus taught. Where we're, we're knocking for someone else. Amen. We want, we want to see God's will done in their life so they can have some bread. Amen. You know the whole story Jesus taught us. There's a prayer of agreement. Matthew 18. If two of you and earth shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done by my Father, which is in heaven. It makes sure they agree with you. I don't just ask anybody to agree with me. <laughs> Are you with me? I want to make sure they believe. 
And they're not going to doubt in their heart because we can violate. These are laws of the Spirit. You know, Brother David the other day said about the law of faith. These are laws. These, there are rules. You've got to play by the rules. God set it up. Amen? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to throw this out at you. People say, well, you know, God is sovereign. That word sovereignty is not even in the Bible. The King James Version. It means to rule or to reign. And he does rule and reign. But how does he rule and reign? Through us. He said, whatever you would bind on the earth or declare lawful, that's what the Amplified says, or whatever you would declare unlawful will be bound in heaven or loosed in heaven. We have a whole lot more with, to do with what happens in our lives than we want to accept. And a lot of the church world doesn't want to hear that. They want to say, well, que sera, sera. No, you can press in and you can... You can touch the hem of his garment like people did in the Bible and get what you desire when you pray. The one with the issue of blood. Well, this, this is a prayer here. that again, We're praying. We're asking God for something. That's his will. I mentioned this yesterday. We want to ask according to his will, according to 1 John 5, 18. Then we know that he hears us. And if we ask outside his will... I'm sure he just has to ignore us. Amen? Just like I did as, a, as an earthly father. My kids wanted something that didn't, was not good for them. Amen. So again, he says, when you pray, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatsoever you desire, when you pray. I want to talk to you here a few minutes about time and place of your faith. Time and place of your faith. I think a lot of, Brother Dale, I know you, you ministered along this line one, at one of them, the Amartya services a few years ago. I, I think a lot of people in the faith movement, quote, unquote, don't realize that there's a time and place that you release your faith. If I ask you, when were you born again? And you cannot tell me where and when, I doubt if you're born again. When did you release your faith in what Jesus did for you and confess with your mouth that he was Lord. I know where I was. I know the time. And that's why the devil can't steal my salvation. Because he can't come on and say, you're not saved. Oh, I know what I'm saved because I know where and when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Time and place of faith. And this is what he's teaching us here in Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray. I always look at my watch when I'm asking God for something. And I look at the, the, the time and I note the day because I'm going to be tested on that. Are you with me? I gave, I mentioned the other day, I didn't get into detail, but years ago, back, back in 2005, I believe it was, we were in a building program and I, we were born another million dollars and the bank, they like to make sure that, you know, they, uh, they call a thing called key man insurance. You know what that is? You pastors know what that is? Where the, the pastor gets insurance in case he dies, the church will be paid off. And so I had to take this complete physical. I mean, it was, it was, the, it was one I had never had like that before, where the treadmill, the whole works. And so I took the test, and a few days later, the doctor called, <coughs> called me in to uh, go over the results. He said, you know, there's a problem here. I thought, oh, what kind of problem? He says, you have a high enzyme count in your liver. You have some kind of liver disease. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not good news. 
You need a liver to live. I mean, the word live, live is in the word liver. <laughs> That's not by chance. Amen. <laughs> you need a liver. And I, you know, I, I'm a man of faith. Bless God. I know these principles. It was 11 o'clock when I got out through my car. In fact, I said to the doctor, I said, give me a week and let me be tested again. He said, it's your money. <laughs> so I remember going out to my car, getting in the car. I looked at my watch. It was 11 o'clock. It was a Tuesday. And I said, Father, I believe that I receive healing for this liver. I don't know what's wrong with it, but by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, and I will not accept liver disease in my body. So I went home, told my wife. She wasn't all excited about that either. But, uh, you know, here's how the devil play with your mind. <laughs> that night I was watching television. Forgive me, I watch TV every now and then. And every commercial was about liver disease. <laughs> I mean, the devil sets you up. Liver disease, this, you need this drug, this and that, you know. And, and the next morning I had breakfast with someone from church, and we're sitting there in the restaurant, and the couple behind us was talking about someone that died from liver disease. That's how the devil will play with your mind. But I refuse to accept those thoughts because I casted them down. I said, no, in Jesus' name, I'm going to live and not die and see the salvation of the Lord because I believe that I received at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. And I'm healed, and bless God. So for I, every day, I confess myself about I'm healed, and just thank God. You know, again, thank God it's already done. Amen. You believe, you receive, and then you ask, and then you thank Him. And then you need to act like it's done. Went back and was retested, and the test came back that I was normal again. Now, had I not known some things about the laws of faith, I believe I would have died back then. Well, I had to apply the same principle here over a year ago at 3.20 in the morning in the hospital. You know, they were coming in. You, you don't get any sleep in the hospital. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> they come in there poking you for blood. I'm thinking, come on, how much blood? You, you sell this stuff on the black market? What's going on here? <laughs> but at 3.20, it was the, the second day I was there. I said, Father, I believe that I received. I'm praying now. This is when I'm praying. This is when I'm healed. From now on, you'll not hear anything out of my mouth except that by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not moved by what I feel, what I hear, what I taste, what I touch, what I smell. I don't care what the doctors have said about me. Your word is greater. Amen? And I began that amending process. You know, it says they begin to amend from that very hour. See, I'm getting better and better and better. And this is what's amazing to doctors right now, because most people who were diagnosed with what I was diagnosed with don't last even a year, yet alone gain weight, and all the tests seem to be coming back and, that are normal. Hallelujah. Why is it? Because God loves me better than you? No, I've exercised my faith. Faith is moving the mountain of that disease out of my body. Further and further and further from me in Jesus' name. It's like I said yesterday, the word of God is like a hammer. I'm just hammering away at it in Jesus' name. Every time I confess to what God has said, that mountain moves further and further into the sea. And eventually it'll be in a sea where you don't see it anymore. You know, the, the oceans are full of mountains. You just don't see them. 
Amen. So anyhow, it's important that we have a time and place of our faith. Look at your watch. Write it down. Because the devil will challenge you. But if you believe you have received, then it's done. It's a done deal. You say, well, what if you die between then and... Well, that don't matter. I, I, I just believe that I receive. I don't set the time for the manifestation. Well, I've dealt with people throughout the year. They've, they've done that. They, they say, well, this day God's going to show up and heal me. And No, you already were healed 2,000 years ago. Are you with me? Don't set a time for the manifestation of anything. That's God's department. That's the angel's department. I just have to believe I have received and keep my confession in line with that. Because if I get double-minded, what's the book of James say? Unstable in all your ways, and let him not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. We're talking about the laws of the Spirit here, which again, we need to, I'll put it this way, we need to become skillful in the word of righteousness. I had a guy in our church, uh, well, they have a church down in Florida now, the Clarks, and he's like a 10th degree Blackwell, black belt guy. And uh, he had done karate school years ago, and so he, he said, do you want to learn karate? And I said, oh, I guess, you know, I need to exercise. It's more than exercise, let me tell you. <laughs> I think he just wanted to beat me up, you know. But he was very skillful in his, his art of Karate. He could take a, lay you down and take a sword and cut the apple in half without cutting your stomach open. Stop it. Now, how did he get that skillful? By practicing, practicing the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always thought who would be the first one that would get up there and let him do that to you. I don't know. That would take some great faith, wouldn't it? <laughs> Are you with me? But we had what we called katas. You guys, anybody have karate? You know what I'm talking about? Katas where you go through the moves. You, ah, you kick and turn around and stretch yourself and hurt yourself and go home. And, uh, but what was the katas all about? That was a practicing like you had an enemy, an imaginary enemy, and you're fighting him. That's what my confessions do. When I'm confessing the word, i am got that sword of the spirit out there, and I'm saying, it is written. And I'm driving Satan out of the situation, circumstances. Again, I want to become skillful in the word of righteousness. The devil doesn't want us to become skillful. We can become so skillful that he'll let us alone and come back in a later season like he did Jesus. Because when Jesus said, it is written, that sword was awful sharp. <laughs> and about four times he had enough of it. And he said he was going to come back for a more opportune time. Let me just say this. You're always going to be tested sooner or later. Amen. You don't just once and deal and you'll be tested. But if you know the answers, tests aren't hard. Amen. So again, there was a woman who in the Bible who said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Time and place. If I get to the place where Jesus is and I can but touch it. And we know that story. She pressed through the crowd. She could have been discouraged, discouraged you know. She actually, she could have been stoned to death for being out there in public because she, she was unclean from that blood disease she had. 
but she would not accept anything less than her faith touching his garment. And what happened? Jesus said, someone touched me. And the disciple says, but look at the crowd, Jesus. And he turned about, and she began to share what had happened to her body. And when she was all done, what did Jesus say to her? Thy faith has made thee whole. See, your faith can make you whole. Like my faith is doing right now, making me whole. I'm not done yet, but I'm on the way to wholeness. Amen. I'm amending. If you'd have seen me even a few months ago, how many, remember how skinny I got? Pastor John, you know, I look pretty bad, didn't I? Not that bad, but I, you know, it was sort of nice being thin, but I was too thin. I was wearing a size 31 waist, you know. I, in fact, I just was going through some pants. I can't get my, some of these pants on anymore. Hallelujah. Well, I have, to, I have to buy new ones, I guess. What can I say? Getting back up to 35 waist. And like Pastor Dale. I don't know what you wear. What size waist do you have? I'll give you one more pants. Uh, no. <laughs> but see, we're amending again. And let me just say, there's therefore now no condemnation. Don't be too hard on yourself. We are learning these things. I didn't always know these truths. And don't look upon, down upon someone who's not there where you are with your faith. Because there's different levels of faith realms we're in. Great faith, little faith, amen. Strong faith, weak faith. We talked about those things. Amen. Where am I at my notes here? Let me talk to you a little bit about actions. Let me say one more thing about setting the time. I like this illustration. This will bring it to you. Bring it to you. To reality here today. Amen. Who can I pick on here? <laughs> Bob, you think Bob's a good <laughs> well, Bob, you, you are a good candidate. Because <laughs> he says you, you walk in love more than him, so I'll pick on you. But, but if I came to Brother Bob and I said, Bob, let's have lunch together tomorrow. And I walk away from him. He knows it's my will that we have lunch together, but he doesn't know where, and he doesn't know when. Now, he has a couple options. He can go to every restaurant in town hoping that I show up. See, people do this with receiving healing and so forth. That's why they go from meeting to meeting to meeting, hoping that they're at the right place at the right time. No, you can set the time that we meet. Where do you want to eat at tomorrow? Where at? The diner. Which one? Capital City Diners? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be a good place. I like the food there, too. I'm a diner kind of person. Pastor Dale, he likes expensive places, but I, I like diners. And, uh, I'm just <laughs> but when we have a time in place, we'll meet and we'll have lunch. If not, we'll just, you know, we, he could do that every day the rest of his life, hoping I show up somewhere at one of the restaurants he's at. But now you can set the time and place that you believe you've received. And there's, there's other illustrations in the Bible where they did that. Amen. So, hallelujah, do that. Let me quickly talk to you about actions in Luke chapter 5. Another familiar story. What are they doing? A man, Jesus is preaching. Probably, I've, I've heard different opinions. Some think it was even Jesus' house. You know, Jesus had a house. He had a house by the shore. He had a summer house. It's all in there. Have you studied it out? Yeah. 
Remember they came? They asked him, where, where are you? He said, I'll come, I'll show you. We want to go to your house. He, came, he lived in a house. He, wasn't, he didn't live in a tent, traveled around with a bunch of beggars. They were prosperous people. They were Jewish believers. Well, in God, amen? Abraham's seed. I don't want to get off of that. But, you know, I believe Jesus was prosperous and his disciples. They were businessmen. Apostle Paul was blessed. He was rich. You don't bribe a poor person. Remember King Agrippa was Agrippa? Tried to bribe him. You don't get anything out of a poor person. He was blessed. He was a tent maker. Studied that sometime. I found that's like today someone that sells these big fancy campers, these big buses, RVs, you know, that are a million dollars. You ever get inside one of them? They're pretty neat, aren't they? Well, in Paul's day, that's what he did. He made tents for rich people. Study it sometime. You got to get rid of this poverty mindset. God wants you blessed to be a blessing so you can overflow. You can help meet the needs of other, other people. Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 5. Probably Jesus' house. <laughs> and the place was packed. I liked how many saw the chosen. Remember that scene in the chosen? That was, that was that's one of my favorite scenes there where they were dealing with that. But Jesus is preaching and, and some friends brought a young man to Jesus to be healed on a stretcher because he couldn't walk. And that man had to have faith, first of all, to allow them to bring him to Jesus because most of the time you get around sick people, they just want to stay in bed and just let me alone. You got to need to put some actions with your faith. Now, I was raised in a church where so much emphasis was on the action part that a lot of people stepped out of the boat and they sank. Are you with me? We threw away our medicine, thought that was our actions with our faith. We would, like I said, <laughs> I was in, my dad had a healing ministry. They bust the wheels in your, in your uh, wheelchair. You, have, you had to have faith, actually, to get in the healing line. Because my dad had uh, gifts of healing for backs. He'd grab a hold of you and woof, 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 woof. And if you didn't have back problems, you'd have had them after that. I said, I loved, I loved our Sunday night services man, as a kid because, man, it was a night of action. Stuff was happening. <laughs> they brought one kid in there one time, a little boy. He had his legs in casts. They cut the casts off his legs. In church, hallelujah. Brought another young man one time in a stretcher to the church. He was bleeding internally. Blood was coming out of his mouth. They laid hands on him, anointed him with oil, jumped out of the thing and ran around the church and completely healed. So that's the kind of atmosphere I was raised in. You have to forgive me. I'm a little out there a little bit. But it's real. But we were, the action part was so much emphasized. You got to do this. You got to do that. And we didn't have the word part in us. You know what I mean? I, we didn't have the understanding that we were already healed. And Brother Hagin taught us how to live by faith. Amen. The authority of the belief, all that good stuff we've learned throughout these years. But a lot of emphasis was put on the action. But I think we need to bring some of the action part back. Amen. And if you believe something, you act like it's true. 
Another illustration. I like to give illustration. I want to ask Pastor Dale. He's, he's been everywhere. Don't need to go anywhere probably, but how about his wife? If you had a choice to go anywhere in the world for vacation, where would you go? Greece. Okay. She comes to me and says, Pastor Dave, I'm going to Greece. I thought, well, that's good. I'm glad. You, uh, you, I'm happy for you. And I walk away, and I don't see her for a few days. And next thing you know, she, I see her somewhere, and she says, I got my passport. I'm going to Greece. We'll see her another few days. And Renda, she has a new set of clothes she bought just for her traveling to Greece. You know what I'm thinking? She's going to Greece. She believes she's going to Greece. She's acting out what she believes. You see the principle? You need to act out what you believe. People say, I believe in prosperity. Well, I want to see some tithes and offerings then. That's the only way you get it. <laughs> Are you with me? You can believe a lot of things, but do you act out what you believe? You know, people say, I'm a Christian. I want to see, I want to see some actions. I want to see some fruit. Anybody can say it. The devils believe. It's more than just believing. They tremble. Amen. So in this story of Luke chapter 5, the house is full of people, and they can't get this man into the meeting, so they go up to the roof and they start tearing it apart. Can you imagine that? All the dust and dirt falling. You know, we've been in, you've ever been to the Middle East and how they build homes, you know what I'm talking about. And they tear the roof off, and they let the man down through the roof by ropes. Right in the middle of Jesus' sermon. Rude. <laughs> but what does Jesus, what did Jesus say? He said, and it, he saw their faith. What did he see? He saw actions with their faith. Now, if God tells you to throw away your medicine, throw it away. But don't throw it away because I tell you to throw it away. I would tell you, as you take it, take it in the name of Jesus. Amen? And take your spiritual medicine, your verses with that. Call yourself healed and what have you. Are you with me? If you believe something, you will act it out. I have people come to me all the time, Pastor, I really love you. I'm thinking, well, let's see some, let's see some action with that. You've been told that, amen? Let's see some action. How about inviting us out for dinner? Or whatever. Are you with me? Buy me a new car. No. <laughs> see how much you love me. Huh? <laughs> but God sees our faith. He knows. He can see if you're serious about what you say out of your mouth. Anybody can say it. And I, again, I'm big. I believe we need to be big on our words and choose our words and confess. We don't speak things negative. I don't, you know, like I gave you that verse out of Isaiah 33. Let not the inhabitants say I'm sick. You won't ever hear that out of my mouth. I even hate to tell anybody what the diagnosis was because it's like I was admitting I have it, but I won't. I don't have that. Are you with me? Someone says, what do you have? Well, but Dale knows he'll tell you for $50. <laughs> oh, I know I'm the healed. 
I know that, that the, I'm the healed, not trying, I'm, the, I'm not trying to get healed. I'm the healed the devil's trying to make sick and take me out early. And I'm not going out early. He said, with long life, he'd satisfy me. But what if you die? Well, I'll still be in a better place, but I'm going to go out with, the, with faith on my lips, if nothing else. Amen. We don't, we don't lose anyhow either way in a sense. Are you with me? But I, I don't, you know, you go to the funeral sometime, they say, well, God needed him in heaven. I'm thinking, man, I hope he doesn't need another apostle up there. <laughs> I was at a funeral one time, and it sounds religious, amen? And this lady was a good administrator. God needed an administrator in heaven. I thought, he did? Come on now. now he, he needs you here on this earth. You are his hands and feet here. You're not going to get anybody saved in heaven. They're already there. You're not going to get anybody healed there. The work is here. So don't let him take you out early. How's that? Get into this word. If it's healing you need in your life, just saturate yourself with the word. Proverbs talks about that. Attend unto my words. Keep my sayings. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Get that word in there where that, so that's, you know, someone said, well, it's hard for me to confess scriptures. Well, that's because you don't have it in you in abundance. You put something inside you in abundance, it's coming out of your mouth. I like the illustration you gave last night. Was that last night? Uh, brother with the, the farmer. Yeah. See, see here? Aaron, where are you at? Oh, there you are. I didn't see you. Yeah. He has, a, he has a whole lot of information about organic farming. You just get him going, he'll tell you. Amen? We have stuff in us. What do you have inside you? I can spend 15, 20 minutes with you, and I can tell you what you have inside you. But he saw their faith. And I like that chapter as well because he, in that teaching there, he said um, it made the religious leaders upset. But it says the power of the Lord was present to heal. Everybody in that room could have got healed. Anybody could have touched his hem, could have put their faith in what Jesus was doing as he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. But only one man got it that day. And because he had some friends too, amen? And, you know, that's, that's another whole teaching. We need to have people around us that support us. Help carry us to the meeting, whatever it takes to get us to touch that hem of Jesus' garment. And in that situation, they, they said, what, who gives you this power to, to uh, heal? And he said, well, which is easier? Because he said, thy sins be forgiven. Take up thy bed and walk. And they got upset with that because he was releasing someone from their sins. Who can do that? Well, he could. He's God. Amen. He said, which is easier for God to do? To say, take up thy bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven. No, for God, it's on the same day, the same level, same sacrifice. We were forgiven and healed. Amen. That's why Psalm 103. Let's go there quickly, Psalm 103. Are we learning anything here? Yes. I encourage you to have a time and place. Put some kind of actions with your faith, you know. Wiggle your toes, do something. <laughs> blink, if that's all you can do, blink by faith. Hallelujah. 
See, I have a good, I have a good wife, man. She, she didn't let me lay in that bed, hospital bed. She had me walking the second day. She had me walking around the room and like, everybody, the nurses are like, well, he shouldn't be walking. Yeah, he only had 20% operating of his heart. He can't be walking. But as I walked and believed I received, strength started being poured back into my body. I'm telling you, this is how you tap into this. Where did I tell you to go? Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, just, we're taking some sidetracks about healing because that's one of my fortes. I like, you know, to teach people how to walk in health and to be healthy. That's why the devil doesn't want me healthy. <laughs> so I tried to take me out several times. Are you with me? I understand. I know, how to, I know what's going on in this battle. It's, man, we've, we've got a lot of people saved, healed, and delivered throughout the years. And, and he doesn't like that. And that's too bad. It's too bad. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all his benefits. Who what? Forgives all thy iniquities and heals all thy diseases. Not just some of them, all of them. Again, as we are emphasizing communion again in our church, that Paul said, for this reason, some of you are sick and weak and dying prematurely because you're not discerning the Lord's body. You're not seeing what he did for you at the cross. And that word discern means to have an understanding. You need to understand what he did for you at the cross. Now, I have a, I have a little bit of benefit on you. I had an open vision years ago of Jesus on the cross. And it, 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 it stirs me every time I think about it. The closest thing I've seen to it was the Passion of Christ. The movie. How many saw that? Yeah. And I know what he went through for me so that I could be healed. Amen? That I could be forgiven. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't we want to come to a place like James says that there'll be nothing wavering. Amen. We're not doubting in our heart. We know that we believe to receive. In fact, I got this statistic somewhere, but 63% of Bible cases where people were received healing was because of their faith. Their faith. Other times Jesus was flowing with his with the anointing, and people just you get around the anointing, you can get healed, amen. But there's other times people just press to, to receive specifically for their needs. It's there for us. That's what grace is all about, amen? I think his brother Copeland said this years ago. Remember, he, was, he gets on certain subjects and just hammers it, hammers it, hammers it. <laughs> and he was preaching about grace, and you know, he said, it's God's what? Just, just, he just can't help himself. He just, he, I can't think of the terms he used, how he said it, but just like he just knocks himself over to get his grace and healing power and prosperity to us. He just... That's his desire. Amen. In fact, he is, he's full of grace. One of my favorite sermons, I'm going to get out and do it again sometime at our church, but I, I call it the banana sermon. And uh, that Sunday morning, is back when suits were, we were double-breasted suits, they were a little bit bigger, not tight like we wear them nowadays. <laughs> and I had bananas stuffed all over my in my pockets, in my back, in my socks. I, had, I don't know how many bananas I had. I just had bananas. And I said, you know, grace is like having a banana. 
And I started eating this banana in front of people as I was preaching. Everybody's like, what's he doing? And I'd say, Brother Dale, do you want a, you want a banana? And I'd reach out and give him a banana. And I did that throughout my whole sermon. People thought for sure I was going to run out. And I never, because I always had more than enough. God has more than enough grace for us. You, you can do that if you want to. That's, you know, I, don't have a, I don't have a patent on that, on that sermon, but God doesn't run out of grace. He's the God that's more than enough. All we have to do is take it. And effort. was it yesterday someone was talking about the word receive? It means to take. You got to take it. You got to receive it by your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll say this as we wind up here today. Quit saying my diabetes, my cancer, my headache, I'm tired, I can't, and I could go on and on. Get that vocabulary out of your mouth. Say the word. There's a verse in Isaiah 41 that implies that our, that our tongue is like a combine. <laughs> Amen. We speak the word and we reap the harvest from our words. Tomorrow, I'm going to be sharing about faith again and getting a word for you in your individual life and ministry. Because, you know, we have the written word, and that's great, hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit also is involved in our life. Well, He gives us word, and it must line up with the word, amen. That's, that's a, that's a, there's no answers and much about it. If it don't line up with this, you know, it's not from Him. To help some of you uh, get to a place where you hear his voice more clearly. Because there's many voices out there, the Bible says. I remember the first time that a gift of healing operated in my life, where there was a, a church service. We just started the church. We only had about 10, 15 people there in the quality inn. My son at that time, we'd travel around, he'd see a quality inn, he'd say, Daddy's church, Daddy's church. <laughs> I said, I have them all across the country. Amen. <laughs> there were about 15, 10, 15 guys, people there. And I heard the Spirit of God say, someone there has an earache. First time, oh, hallelujah. Yo, I heard God. I, that's, that's called, man, this is happening. Glory to God. And so I called it out. The man came up and God healed him instantly. I couldn't wait till the next service. Hey, man, the next service came around. I heard every disease that's out there that was trying to trip me up. And I said, Lord, teach me how to discern your voice amongst the voices. And I think I've been doing pretty good. We've built some great churches, Life Center. How many know Life Center? I'm the founder of that church, whether you know it or not. Some other churches we've helped. We, we've been very successful in some realms of ministry. Why? Because I know how to hear his voice. And uh, it's a good thing. We'll share some things from my heart that will help you. It won't even cost you anything. What a deal. Amen. All you got to do is hear. Amen. Well, thank you for your ears to hear today. Amen.
Praise the Lord. What a blessing. I, I receive. Did you, do you receive? Yeah. Well, take it by faith right now. Lord, I receive this message. No, Satan will not steal it. You may come and try to take it, but I resist it. In Jesus' name, this is mine. I take it now. I live by faith. I walk by faith. God's word is mine in Jesus' name. Amen.